Hey, Metalheads, Scott. Richie. Welcoming you to week two of Metal Month 2014. Yep, wet and windy again. It is, definitely. And, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of stuff going on here, at least in the U.S., with television and, uh, you know, celebrating Metal Month. Again, again with the freaking toy. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Oh, my God. Ah, killing me. So celebrating Metal Month by destroying his toy cow. <laughs> so anyways, uh, we've got a great, great metal guest this week. The one and only John Gallagher from Raven. I thought, what a perfect way to, to celebrate Metal Month. We've often talked about Raven on the show, talked about him with Chris Bennett from Widow a couple times. Chris is the one who turned me on to the DVD that I went out, which is absolutely fabulous DVD. And Josh Schwartz from A Sound of Thunder's Mentioned them a few times. Actually, John's been in the Thunder Choir on the last two releases of A Sound of Thunder as well. And if you get that album, you'll see pictures in there of him doing the Thunder Choir and stuff. So, um, I mean, just a, just a cool band. And, I mean, a lot of great metal bands, you know, they refer back to them. Oh, yeah. You know. Well, the trash bands. Yeah. They were seen as one of the big influences on their sound. Yeah, yeah. Them and Maiden and Priest and... I think it's on Venom. I think it's, it's, I, some of their mater- early material is just fast metal, very it punkish yeah. influence. Yeah, I mean, they talk about them as being the beginning of speed metal and the beginning of athletic metal. But the second part, I'm like, okay, I've never, well, I've heard, I've heard of a lot. Who's band on, number two of I've heard of, metal. I've heard of a lot of genres <laughs> of metal. I've never heard athletic metal. But that's because they would put on the helmets <laughs> and the shoulder pads. Oh, yeah, and all that's that. right. That's so right. They were calling them athletic metal. Athletic metal. <laughs> <laughs> it just, I'm, I'm like, okay, well then, who's, who's next after that? I mean, who else is wearing, you know, ex- except, uh, you know, maybe the occasional drummer wearing a, a mask or something? I'm like, who else is wearing helmets and pads? I mean, nobody, nobody, yeah, nobody. So that, that was always kind of comical, but I mean, yeah, definitely a band that that was, uh, that was legendary. I can even remember that one time we did a photo shoot for one of my bands, and you know, the, the album cover where they're, they've. They're kind of in that little room and they've knocked all their gear over and mm-hmm. it's all chaos and all that. I had actually reenacted that my with one of my daughters who at that time was maybe one and a half, could have been two. And we took like my, my Marshall Micro stack and all that and had her crawling over that in front of us. It was like a little mini Raven thing happening in front of us. So, uh, yeah, just I, I just thought it was a cool, they're a cool band and it's pretty cool to finally get to have somebody from the band on the show. And you know, when they were saying about, you know, oh, yeah, we think we can get you somebody. The whole time I was thinking, please, don't let it be Mark. I won't understand a bloody thing he's saying. <laughs> yeah, for anyone out there who doesn't know, they're Newcastle. So yeah. if you ever heard Brian Johnson talk, <laughs> uh, that's what Mark would sound like. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, just even from the DVD, just how hard it is to have understand him on that DVD. Yeah. And it's like, oh, please, don't let it be Mark, because it's going to be really tough. But fortunately, it was John. Could understand them just fine, and uh, yeah, we had a great talk. 
Yeah. Now, were they, how big were they? Were they a major label band in the 80s? Or were they like Music for Nations kind of combat? Were, I want to say combat. I think okay. they were combat. So they never, they never, they were never picked up by a major. Even if you go back now and try to get some of their older stuff, you're buying it all on import. Oh, so it's it's going to cost yeah. you a pretty penny. Yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna expect to pay, you know, in some cases like thirty bucks. Wow. You know, for an import one, they've got. I think they had one that they re they did with two albums onto one CD. But even so, it's. Almost everything that's prior to like maybe 2005 or so, it's all imports. Stuff so they've now. never gone down the rock candy route or yeah. the remastered route with some bonus tracks. It never. Right. It's just the original stuff you can yeah. get and that's it. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if, you, if you're a new fan of the band and you want to, get, especially getting the early stuff. Right. That's going to make a hole in your wallet pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, you know, we, we've got Joel on. Uh, Joel. Back to Joel. So we got John on because they have a campaign on Kickstarter to get their new album out, Extermination. And uh, they really, because they've been on tour at the same time that they're doing their Kickstarter campaign, they really haven't been doing any press. Just happened to be able to work it to get somebody on. And they were able to call us, you know, while they were gassing up during uh, a tour stop. So uh, just kind of, you know, luck that it worked out. It was a good day. We could do it and got together and stuff. But uh, you know, John will talk a little bit about about the uh, the campaign, but you know, you can go up to Kickstarter.com, and look up Raven, and there'll be a couple of things will come up. But the, one of the first things that'll come up will be extermination, and they definitely have a lot of cool stuff that they're doing. It starts with you know stuff like stickers and back patches and all that, but everything stacks. So whatever reward you get, you get that plus everything below it. Oh, good. And so there's only. I think only one thing that doesn't stack, and that was uh, one of the vinyl things um, that that didn't stack with everything below it. And it clearly says on it, this one didn't stack. But everything else, they all stack to everything below it. So it's it's pretty cool. And one of the other cool things they're doing is besides that new album is they have a whole album of covers yeah. that they're doing. I saw, um, you showed me the list of covers now. Yeah. I'm not a huge covers guy. I, you know, right. should know that by now. Um, interesting choices. Yeah, a lot of seventies, a lot of English bands. Right. Um, not the obvious mm-hmm. tracks, uh, w- which I like. Um, be interesting to hear their take on yeah. them. Yeah, are they just going to go and play them straight ahead? Right, same as the original and, version, and or will they put they a were, twist on it? You know, they were in a studio, um, and uh, not the same studio that they recorded the album or going to be recording the album in which I thought it was but it, it's not uh, but John corrected me on it but you know he said they just basically were screwing around and it was kind of like hey let's record all this stuff so yeah. you know they had it they have all of it that they did and, and uh, you know it is pretty cool that as they, they describe it as like the, being their little box of 45 RPMs they had when they were kids it's kind of a neat concept that they're doing that and it, it's kind of all over the place you know with Bowie and Nazareth and Sweet and Three Piece Band doing Queen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, and and you know, Status Quo. But it's all over the place. The one that really did jump out at me was was out of all of that. Kind of was like, oh, these all kind of go together. And then it was Cheap Trick. Yeah, because I mean, even you know, some people would look at it and go Bowie, but I mean, Bowie had that glam period, and he fits in with a lot of those other bands in that time frame. Yeah, but all you see, I when. Like I, grew, I was born in seventy one, so I grew up, you know, in Ireland around that time. So 
lot of their a lot of the stuff they'd have in their forty fives. Yeah. They were they were on top of the pops. Sure. Yeah. All those songs, the Bowies and the Slades. Right. And they were staples on top of the pops. Whenever the album came out, that's where you'd hear the song. They right. probably went out bought the forty fives and that's where the influences are coming yeah. from on this. Definitely. But when you talk like I said the one that jumps out is is He's a Whore by Cheap Trick and that's yeah. you know was that in I think that was on in color? I think it was on in color. That's what seventy seven, seventy eight. Like is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't a little bit different. On, and that one just kind of stood out. But yeah, uh, but yeah. So they got a great campaign. It's been doing really well. Um, but you know, obviously, go up and check it out. And um, you know, if you can help, uh, definitely help out. It sounds like a cool thing. And obviously, you know, we'll talk to John about it. And you know, maybe he might convince you to to go do that as well. Or and if you're not a Raven fan. Um, you know, definitely go up into YouTube, check out some of their stuff, and yeah, I'm sure you'll probably become a Raven fan. Yeah, straight up metal. Yeah, doing absolutely. It, they've been doing it for a long time, doing it's, it well. It's real, just honest, old school, you know, no pretensions or anything else like that. It's just, you know, three guys just, you know, rocking balls out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great stuff. Yeah. You know, and they really have never tried to conform to anything you know, they didn't uh, go, oh, this sounds in, let's go that way or this way, or they just, whatever they want to do, they do, and it's just kind of that honest, good old school band. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Track of the week this week is from our friends Dire Peril. Way back in April of this year on episode, I think, 176, we had talked to Norman Skinner, who was in many things, but one thing he's in is Dire Peril. And he had talked a little bit on that show about recording a brand new EP, and it is out. It's called Queen of the Galaxy. It's got five songs on it, including a cover from uh, Boston called Something About You. Once again, great Dire Peril stuff. And of course, if you remember Dire Peril's cover of Godzilla, you know they do a great job on cover songs. But they also make some pretty kick-ass originals as well. And this new one, Queen of the Galaxy, actually has three brand new Dire Peril songs. And of course, uh, Jason Ashcroft on guitars, the aforementioned Norman Skinner on vocals, and Jeremiah Bear on bass. For this album, they had uh, Justin Veaton on drums. So if you like Norman Skinner or Dire Peril, you like what you're hearing, you can head up to deadinsiderecords.com and get yourself a copy of Queen of the Galaxy. So for our track of the week this week, I decided I'm going to play the title track off of Queen of the Galaxy, entitled amazingly Queen of the Galaxy. And this one actually has a guest vocalist on it, Brittany Hayes of the band Unleash the Archers. She trades off vocals with Norman Skinner. Great stuff. And uh, I think maybe once you hear her voice, you might want to go check out Unleash the Archers as well. So when we roll our track of the week right now, like I said, this one is From the new one from Dire Peril, it's the title track, Queen of the Galaxy.
Don't go with any trends, pretty much, and you know what to expect and all that. Uh, we had interesting uh, new news. Yeah, woke up this morning and uh, Phil Rudd had been arrested for trying to procure a murder in New Zealand. And um, you know, they found drugs in, in his house as well. Yeah. And uh, that band, the last couple of months, like the, the amount of information coming out is from a, it normally doesn't come out at all. Yeah. It's a trickle. Yeah. It's like Van Halen. It's like Metallica. It, they'll tell you what you need to know, which obviously, pr- more often than not isn't much. Right. But right. with ACDC, it's nothing. Right. Yeah. Because if you're on the outside looking in there, they, you don't exist to them. Yeah. And um, you heard the rumors went out about they were recording a new record. And, um, but they were, for a while, they were rumors, even though they were. Right, it had been practically right. done. Now, yeah. you know, I found out yeah, that we it had a little yeah, inside. Scoop I had an already. inside scoop that it, it had actually been done. Yeah, and we just kind of yeah was told, and we shut our mouths. Yeah, and go on. And We'd like that, to be part of the inside circle. Yeah, <laughs> but um, and then of course you had the the release of the single. Yeah, play ball. I think which was uh, just in time for the baseball playoffs. I think they used it for that. And then of course the word came out about Malcolm. Right. And I think for a while it had been rumored that one of the band members, I think Brian Johnson said that one of the band members is tackling something yeah. of a personal nature. Yeah. And of course, then you had Malcolm Young have been diagnosed with dementia and he's out of the band. Yeah. And they got his nephew in, Stevie Young, who yeah. I think had played with him before, to play guitar. And then, of course, you had the thing today with Phil Rudd. Yeah. And I'm thinking, holy shit. <laughs> and like... What what I, the way the way I look at it from like if just compared some say something like Tiger Woods in the golf right uh-huh. he he was the same thing he was so he was so sheltered and he had you know everyone looked up to him and it trickled out the information and everything so that when he fell yeah he fell big time yeah and I think the same thing is kind of happening now with ACDC because they've been so bubbled yeah for years and years and years. Anything like this that happens at all, it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously it was a big thing when Phil came back in the band. It it re-solidified their sound. Um, he has a certain way of of doing it. Um, but 
where he was, you know, in the band and then he was out of the band and, and back in the band and at this point probably out of the band again. Well, he was out of the band because he had alcohol problems. Yeah. And uh, they kicked him out. And then yeah. I think it was a ball breaker album. I think he came back on in 94, 95. And he's been with him ever since. I'm not sure how much effect that will have. More so now with Malcolm, because the trickle that did come out was that Stevie was just filling in. And, you know, it was, it was just an interim, helping out, getting the album done, all of that. And I think that one was going to have a bigger... A uh, lot more people talking of of you know Malcolm with dementia and all that. Yeah, you know? I think it. Yeah, I think Malcolm, of course, had a huge. I think he's he's a huge factor in the band's decision making as well as the songwriting that he was oh, seen as yeah. oh, as yeah. he, everything went through he him. Ran, he ran. He, yeah, ran, he ran the, the band. Show, yeah. yeah, and um, I think, but Phil, I think Phil's role in that band is underrated as well because he was this. He's like Charlie Watts. He well, is well, he's well, rock yeah. solid. Uh, he's very, very much like Charlie Watts because they both, from the outside, you listen and go, well, I can do that. Yeah. He's not doing any roles. He's, you know, until you actually really try to do it. And people have said, you know, said about sitting in and stuff. And they're like, it just doesn't, there's something about how there's that breathing and, and, and how to make that thing that sounds so simple on the outside, but it, it in in essence, it's very hard to actually do. Yeah, I remember. Um, Which is probably why he was procuring for murder. He was trying to get <laughs> Charlie Watts, so he would be the simplest drummer in the universe. See? True, true. But you remember the years ago, Lars Ulrich, I think he said around the Justice for All record, yeah. that he thought Phil Rudd was a craft drummer. And then years <laughs> later, he thinks Phil Rudd is one of the best drummers in the world. Yeah. But not because of... It's because of what he does, but it's because of the way he does it as well. He yeah. doesn't play all over his kit. Correct. But he can do it. He just chooses not to. And and what they're doing doesn't it doesn't warrant having it. No, not at all. Yeah. It's Angus Young is the one that flies off the handle a bit. It's the rest of them just hold it down in yeah. the back. I mean well if, and when you have a drummer a drummer, and when you have a bass player that is basically just hammering eighth notes, mm. which is, you know, what Cliff's stock and trade is, and he does it really well. Does then you can't have the other part of the rhythm section being a spastic. It's, no, it's got to be that same thing, and because it is, it makes everything else just sound so, you know, powerful and and direct and and easy to connect to. Yeah, yeah. I was joking today, then a couple of my friends saying they should get Mike Port and I or Dave Lombardo <laughs> in to play. Gene Hoagland. Yeah. <laughs> right, lads, keep up. <laughs> Cliff, you're gonna do sixty fourth notes now. Yeah, but Go. It'll, it'll be. Uh, it's just, it's just, inter- you know, stuff like stuff when stuff like that comes out. You okay? The Malcolm. I hear, y- I hear Dave Lombardo needs a gig. Yeah. Well, the, the, <laughs> the Malcolm Young thing is tragic. Yes. Right. Yeah. The, the Phil Rudd thing is shocking. Sure. You know, there's a difference. You yeah. know, and um, the band are saying it won't, um, it won't affect the album's release. They're going to be asked about it. Let's be honest. Well, in all honesty, you know, I mean, you haven't heard anything really about press. I haven't heard anything about press. How much press are they going to do for it? They probably won't have to do a lot. I think, yeah, they'll have they to do some. Ex- well, I mean, I don't think they expect to sell, you know, millions and millions of copies anyways. They know that no matter what, all they got to do is go tour. And they're going to sell out everywhere, no matter what. No matter what the album does. 
they'll they will sell out. Oh, they're stadium bands. They're stadium bands. Yeah, still. Yeah, easily. So, so it doesn't matter what their album does, you know. Um, but yeah, you're right. They'll probably do, you know, maybe some major stuff. You might see classic rock. You might see someone like Brian show back up on that metal show. Some mm. things like that, maybe. Yeah, I don't see him doing tons of press. Yeah, maybe you're right. And they're one of these bands that I think definitely have a list of questions you cannot ask any of the band members in the interview. Yeah. Um, and Malcolm will be one and <laughs> Phil will be two. And uh, it's just news like that is like shocking because sure. the guy's not short of a few quid. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he's a, he must be a multi-millionaire right. at this stage from yeah. all the touring. And I know he doesn't write the songs, but the the, the money he gets from the touring, they're, well, they're a well-paid band. He still, I mean, a lot of that stuff was, you know, it's it's Malcolm and Angus and he's he's kind of the rhythm guy. He's He is kind of that, uh, you know, original kind of Tony Iommi hook guy to it, you know, and you just kind of layer Angus on top of it with everything. So yeah. there's definitely, a, you know, a, a good chunk of it that is, you know, the sound of, of, of Malcolm. Yeah, and of course the other thing now is... Um, He's on the album. Yeah. No matter what, he's he's on the record. It's yeah. too late now to get someone else in Yeah, to uh, play on it. And then the other question then is, if he doesn't play on the tour, who are they going to get to play? Any, any other youngs play on the instruments? A whole bunch of them do. I mean, <laughs> it's like a family business, really. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't just take out Stevie, right? If he's family. Yeah, no, to play drums. Oh, to play drums. Yeah. Um, I know Steve, Stevie's definitely on the tour. I'm thinking they're going to have to get another drummer. Chris Slade, Simon Wright. Maybe they'll go back a bit, Could back be. and get one of those two. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it, or God knows, yeah, Dave Lombardo. Yeah, Dave Lombardo. <laughs> no, they won't see, they won't take him. Because, Dave Grohl? Because Dave Lombardo will be like, do you know what they're paying me? You will, <laughs> I guarantee you, you will have all these high profile drummers who would, Die to for that that tour. Yeah, they would like Dave Grohl or someone like that. They would love to play. Sure, play with ACDC. Yeah, like that's a huge. I mean, cool. You know, either they're gonna have somebody that's from back home that they you know that they maybe they've screwed around with before or yeah. whatever family friend something like that. Someone assuming guy was no or one you're gonna have of. someone like a Simon Wright that's played with them before that they know. I think that at this point they're gonna go with somebody that they know, even if they had a chance to get like a Dave Grohl, who would do great at it. Yeah. I think they really would still go with somebody they know. Yeah, I think they'll probably want to, not a known guy, keeps a low profile. Yeah. Just sits in the back and keeps the beat yeah. and buggers off home yeah. after every gig or gets on the bus. They don't want the circus of a, mm-hmm. a high profile right. guy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's just, Shocking news, it really is. Like I was like, what a what a nutcase! Yeah, sixty years of age trying to procure a murder, and yeah, I'm like what what are you doing? Like what the hell happened? Yeah, and right <laughs> and right before you know, you get your album release cycle. I mean, they're they're basically in it already and yeah. stuff. And yeah, it's yeah, it's it's messed up. Yeah, so that I think that explains the reason why he wasn't in the publicity photograph a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, all right. Well, anyways. Why don't we uh, change channels here from one legend to another and uh, get into my talk with the one and only John Gallagher of Raven. Hey, metalheads, kick back, relax, 
raise the horns and stay tuned for another original focus on metal metal side chat with your host scott thompson How you doing, man? Hey, how we doing? Good. How is things in lovely Seattle today? Well, we just crossed the border okay. and we're gassing up <laughs> after a, an eventful 24 hours when our RV decided it didn't want to work. <laughs> and we got the sucker working and got out of there, so we are on schedule, which is great. That is a true-to-form Raven story right there, right? On the road, and no matter what happens, you guys just keep marching forward. So it's uh, no surprise That's to me. story. <laughs> what we try to do. <laughs> you guys are doing the extermination tour, and uh, what are you, about two weeks into it now? Uh, we are, like, halfway through. Mm. It's, uh, we did it for, like, four weeks. We started October 2nd, October 3rd. Okay. Uh, and we've been plugging right through from... Florida, work through the south, through to California, up the coast, and we do Seattle, and then we start heading down through, you know, over the mountains and through Salt Lake City, Denver, and then working our way through Midwest and back to the East Coast. Awesome, awesome, and I was checking out the East Coast dates, and unfortunately, nothing was coming close to me, so seriously disappointed that uh, you guys uh, where, where are you? Uh, just outside of Boston. Yeah, unfortunately, it never worked out with that. Uh, 
I had a rush of people who wanted to book dates in the East Coast that went boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. And then I realized nothing was happening around Rhode Island or Boston, which has always been really strong for us. So yeah. we'll have to make up for that in the near future and do another little leg. And awesome. Take care of you guys, you know? I'm definitely looking forward to that. And of course, you know, right now, part of the reason I have you on is because you, you know, have this Kickstarter campaign that's going extremely well so far to uh, fund the next studio album, Extermination. And uh, I was amazed at how quickly that that campaign has grown already, which is good. It's, you know, it's a really good thing to see. No, it's, it's uh, you know, it's pretty humbling that we've got some fans out there that are, they're really, you know, that much behind the band. Mm. And, you know, we hoped they would be able to because we really believe in the new record. It's, the last record was great, and we've really kicked it up to the next level yeah. as far as performances, songwriting, sound. It's a you know quality across the board. We we really worked very hard to to get it up there. And in order to do that, it took an awful lot more in the songwriting and pre-production. Hmm. Uh, you know, you you can never really do enough, and we did a lot. <laughs> And we knew we would, you know, we we have a great relationship with our record company, but the budget just wasn't there to stretch it that far with this. So, so far, the Kickstarter, we've nearly reached our goal to the point where we're probably going to say, okay, let's uh, open up the floodgates and put some more cool stuff up there and see if we can, you know, head for the hills and get more stuff together. Yeah. But as it is right now, we have the additional, you know, if you pledge a certain amount, which I'm not sure what it is at the moment, but you get the cover album that we did, right. which is called Party Killers, which is like 11 songs. And it's a great companion to the album because it's, you know, it definitely shows a lot of our roots, yeah. a lot of yeah. songs from when we were kids, Bantic Status Quo, Deep Purple, uh, Cheap Trick, Thin Lizzy, David Bowie, all kinds of weird stuff, but yeah. it's all given the Raven treatments, you know, we're real happy with, uh, well, it was just such a rush to go out there and do Ogre Battle by Queen, you know, stuff like that. It was, uh, it was awesome. I had, a, I had a lot of fun doing it. And it really shows in the recording. You can tell we're having a good time with it. Yeah, yeah, it, it's cool. I, you know, looking at that list of songs and stuff, and I, I don't know, is it, if it's something that having, you know, working with Kevin is something that brings out the need for people to do covers because I, I know my buddies in the Sound of Thunder, it seems like they're always wanting to do covers every time they're working with Kevin as well. But just a killer list of stuff, and I like how it's all over the place too, between, you know... Well, this was this was before we even got with Kevin to do the album. We were still doing pre-production and oh. stuff. Uh, oh. We were in where I live in Richmond. We were down there at a mm-hmm. place, a rehearsal place, which also was a studio. Okay. And I just asked the guy, hey... Uh, we had a few ideas. Could you tape it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. <laughs> and it sounded so good. We figured, all right, well, this is it's a great way of easing ourselves into the recording process. And the more we got it done, we think we got to do something with this. Mm. Um, you know, the Kickstarter seemed to be the obvious, obvious way to do it. Um, as good as that sounds, when we compare it to the, the new stuff we're doing, even the roofs, it's like, wow. Yeah. So, you know, the, the the actual album is really going to beat people's heads. That We've got a couple of rough mixes, and we've been on the road. We're playing it with a couple of close friends, who we value their opinion. Mm. And just to watch the jaws drop is, you know, it uh, shows we're on the right track, definitely. Yeah, we, we still have a bunch of guitar stuff, and, you know, we've got, like, guide vocals. I've got to do a lot of vocals mm. and what have you, but and then mix it properly, but... 
you know, we're getting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I know that Josh has teased me by, you know, oh, you guys are going to love this. And I always value Josh's opinion. He's definitely a guy that has a great ear. And so I, I've been, I'm like, yep. I'm definitely he, psyched. <laughs> he knows his stuff. He does. He absolutely does. Yeah. yeah. I thought the campaign is really well done, too, the way you guys stack the rewards as well and made that really clear. And that there's only a few award points that were, you know, a not stack thing, like the, the separate 12-inch vinyl and stuff like that. And I, I think people respond yeah. very well to that. No, definitely. I mean, it's, it's you know, you, the more you put in, the more you get. Mm. You know, we're not shortchanging anyone by any stretch. It's, you know, we value their contribution to put it together. And in order to do that, we have to put together some cool little rods and swords and the vinyl thing is awesome it's so great to have that it's just really cool too you guys are still full forth and and you're not you know you know there's no compromise with what you do and stuff and that you're still you know this kind of real down easy going kind of band you see that with the you know the dvd you put out which of course i was talking to uh to chris bennett from widow and he was like you haven't got the dvd yet God damn, you gotta go get the DVD. So like that next day, I, I went out and bought the DVD. And you know, you see that, or when I look at your contract rider and you see what, what you've got in there for your rider, like these guys, all they wanna do is go out there and play. There's no fancy crap in there. It's a working band kind of rider and stuff. And it, it's great to see that you guys just haven't changed in that respect. No, that's, you know, what you see is what you get. Yeah, Definitely. yeah. Well, you know, there's certainly a lot of bands that have been around for as long as you guys that aren't that anymore. But it's great that if one thing we can always count on is that Raven, year after year, still delivers that same great stuff and has that same attitude and stuff. So it's uh, for me, it's it's pretty cool to you know actually even be talking to somebody from the band is just because you guys, like I said, you, you're pretty much legendary. No, thanks very much. I appreciate that. So oh, hang on a second,
Yeah. yeah. No problem. Having to throw money at my brother. <laughs> just getting gas. Yeah, I mean, like I said, though, you know, what you, what you see is what you get. Um, to us, it's all about what happens on stage. Mm. Proof yeah. is in the pudding. Yeah. You know, we don't need to have an attitude or anything else. What we do stands up for itself. Um, you know, you like it, you hate it. But either way, we get a reaction every time, and that's that's what it's about, you know. It is, it is, and and you know, and you've always tended to tour with bands that have that same kind of attitude. I mean, all those early tours you guys did with Metallica, Anthrax, all those tours that people talk about in hushed tones. I mean, it was all just pushing the envelope and getting a reaction. So. Well, that's, that's it. I mean, you know, we're fans too, and when the opportunity came, then you need an opening up. Hmm. You know. These guys sound great. Let's take them out. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what we do, and it works. Works both ways too. You know, if we go out and we want to open for somebody, it wants to be someone that we respect. You know, so <laughs> so recently we did some shows of our old friends Accept, which was awesome. Mm. And hopefully we'll do a few more in the future. And you know, earlier in the year we were lucky enough we got in touch with Lars, and we got invited to play with them in South Pole of Brazil. Oh, awesome. Which was awesome. And, uh, you know, we saw Lars last year, but we got, you know, to hang out with uh, James and Cliff and Robert, who we've never met, but James and Cliff we've never seen in the best part of 30 years. So mm. and it was pretty emotional, pretty cool, you know? Yeah, yeah. And to play a show like that where the crew were totally into us, looked after us, and you go out to a full house of like, you know, 65,000 people. That doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. And you're not having to worry about who has the key to the white van either, you know? Oh! <laughs> yeah, Larson was all, everyone knew all about the white van, that's true. <laughs> the den of iniquity. Uh, to, uh, to me, you know, playing in bands for a long time too, to me that was a classic road story, and that's one of my favorite things off the DVD was that story as well, and... Um, I've joked with you yeah, about Lars, that. Yeah, Lars was very cool. I think he, he did like about three million hours worth of stuff. Hmm. And it was all great. We just couldn't use it all at that time. So it was, you know, it was very cool to see that. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's always first and foremost been a fan before anything else. And it's, yeah, I don't think it's absolutely. ever changed. Absolutely. And that's, that's what makes the difference. There's people who are, they want to make themselves into an icon or something. Hmm. And then there's people who are in it for the right reasons. Yeah. Yeah, and Lars is one of those guys that you know he's a bit polarizing, but he's got an opinion. <laughs> but basically, he's a fan, right? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. is. I know it was great last time when I went to see them live, and their music before they went on, and they were playing Saxon. And to me, it was disappointing that almost nobody around us knew what the song was that was playing. But it was great that they were playing some old Saxon before they went on. You know? Yeah, but, you know some of these people they weren't even born when Saxon was out, so. <laughs> You know, they, they think Ender Sandman is some ancient piece of history or something. But, yeah. uh, whatever. We'll educate them one way or another. We'll tell them what the good stuff is. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'm really looking forward to this album coming out. Absolutely. And, you know, it's been what? It's been five years since Waku Fire? Or four years? Four uh, years, right? Yeah, probably a little longer. I mean, we actually had it finished, I think, the beginning of 2009. Came out in Japan 2009. Came out in mm. 2010. So yeah. we're definitely overdue a new record. That's why this is going to be chock full of good stuff. And uh, it's all there. There's rock and roll. There's a couple of real fast ones. Some real heavy riffs mm. on a lot of them. Strong vocals, strong melodies. Uh, it's what you would expect with a twist 
<laughs> Definitely. Awesome. Awesome. But yeah. the, the, you know, the equipment changes and the, the tones we've got on bass and guitar are like so much better than we've ever had. The hmm. drums, Joe's like just out there on this. It's, it's, you know, this, the way we've got the sounds just features him so well. Yeah. Uh, the, it's, you know, we just cut out a lot of stuff and we just like cut to the quick where, you know, we could have this fancy part here. No, let's just go for the riff, go for the riff, go for the riff. Mm. And at the same time, there's still plenty of little twists and turns to knock you on your heels, you know? Cool, cool. Yeah, so um, as far as bass gear, what do you have that's new? Well, I uh, actually made a kit bass. I bought off eBay. It's a Flying V. Because mm-hmm. I was traveling with a Flying V and going overseas, it cost so much money when you use like a, that was a neck through base. Mm. I mean, literally two, three hundred dollars each trip for excess baggage. I mean, I'm, this is crazy. So I'm using, you know, bold on, my bases were bold on necks. Mm. I put special bolts on so I can, you know, put them on and off in like 10 minutes. Mm. Yeah. Um, I needed a V that would do that. So I bought the kit one, sprayed it white, antique white very quickly, changed the pickups, the bridge, the tuners, and this thing is a monster. Mm. It sounds so good. We used to know nearly everything on the record. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes you get those kits. They're pretty good. You can, like you said, if you yeah, just I, put good I mean, hardware if you know, on them. If, you, if you know how to tweak it, you can make it work great. Yeah. So that that's cool. Uh, I've got my signature eight string from October, which we've never recorded with before, which is featured on one song prominently. That mm. uh, sounds awesome. Some, you know, big clean picking with uh, harmonics jumping out on it. Sounds really nice on it. Awesome. Um, they were the main bases I used on it. Wow. That, I've got a different pedal board. I've got a new Boss pedal board. It sounds awesome. Great distortion, great crazy noises. We used the crazy noises on a few things. Yeah. Uh, so I'm real happy with that. Mark has a whole new setup. He's a ISP Theta preamp, which is like one of the greatest things yeah. ever invented. Yeah. A little box that sounds like the best of a Marshall with the best of a Mesa. Yeah. And you could literally almost put it in your back pocket, you know? So yeah. That's roaring through some real heavy-duty power amps and a whole selection of cabinets, and we got the ultimate guitar sound. So we're real happy with that. Yeah, that ISP stuff is really, really good. I know that uh, our friend Ethan Broche, he's really big into that. He's one of their endorsers as well, and I've I've heard him play through his rig at his CD release party, and it was pretty cool because his other guitar player he had brought up played through his old classic 80s rack gear and he played through the ISP rig and yeah just a fantastic guitar tone he was getting out of that and like he said you know yeah. you know, you can throw just it in his guitar away, case you know, literally and it's, it's obviously great for overseas mm. all you need is your end up stuff you know cabinets and Power amp, and you've got ninety nine point nine 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 percent of your sound right there. Yeah, it's 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 Which definitely a good deal. Yeah, and much better than you had. So that way, that way we've got that consistency, and not relying on you know this the amp we're getting today is sounding any good. Mm. Yeah. Sort of, you know, yeah. This is working out good. Yeah, because you never can tell you're you're torn and you got the, you're renting the back line, and God knows what you're getting. Yeah, from not that at all. And, and we've got we got a lot of stuff coming up. I mean, next year we got a like a 10-day tour of South America coming up in February, hmm. February, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, looking at stuff like Australia, New Zealand, and Japan later on in the year. Awesome. And then there's the European festivals and all this stuff to keep us nice and busy. Of course, we have listeners all over the world, so I think you just made a whole bunch of people happy when they hear that. So, knowing the Ravens That's on the way. <laughs> yeah, we, we are. 
keep your eyes peeled. Check out the website and what have you, and we'll be there. Awesome. Awesome. So have a great show tonight and, you know, a great rest of the tour. I'm glad you guys finally made it back from Vancouver safely back into the U.S. And, uh, <laughs> yes. and uh, so we. I, for one, I'm really looking forward to getting the covers album, getting the brand new Extermination album, and just totally rocking out with some Raven next year. Yeah, if anyone wants to check it out there, they can look at the RavenLunatics.com website or go to Kickstarter. Mm. And look for Raven, and there's a video there with some clips and me talking about it. And check it out. And if you want to come on board and help us out and be part of the big album, that would be wonderful. Appreciate it. Yeah. And of course, you guys can also go on to uh, focusonmiddle.net. I'm going to put a link with the banner ad for the uh, Kickstarter campaign, and they can hit it there as well and get right back over to there for you guys as well. So lots of ways I'll for them to you. get there. Appreciate it. Awesome. All right, John. Well, have a good show tonight, and I really do appreciate you taking time today to uh, talk to us here on Focus on Metal. Not at all. Thanks so much, man. All right. Have a good one. Cheers. There you go. My chat with the one and only John Gallagher of Raven. And like John said, head up to ravenlunatics.com. Check out all the rest of their tour dates and see if the guys from Raven are coming to your town. And of course, most importantly, head up to kickstarter.com. Type in Raven in the search box and you will get a hit for the new extermination project from Raven. And the good news is, as John had predicted in the interview, from the time I talked to him to the time that I'm posting this, they actually have reached their goal and people are still committing. And that just means that there's just much more that they can do as they go in to record the brand new album. So let's keep this train going and get them some more funds in there. And also by the time you hear this, as I had said to John, I will also have a graphic up on focusonmetal.net. You can click that as well. It'll bring you right over to the Raven campaign page at Kickstarter. So surprisingly this week, I know we've had week after week of just jam-packed shows, and I'm mildly surprised that this week I've actually still got a little bit of time left. And I have a great way to put that extra time to use. We really haven't done a music discovery episode in a long time. And of course, we really can't do a full-blown music discovery episode this week. But, you know, one of the labels that we've worked with for a long time, one of the longest ones we work with is, of course, Pure Steel Records, and they are a conglomeration of a bunch of different labels between Pure Steel and Pure Underground and Pure Legend and Pure Rock and Carthago and uh, High Roller, and I'm sure I'm forgetting a few more, but they are just a veritable floodgate of metal releases all throughout the year. And I thought this would be a good time to take some of their recent releases, take a few good ones, let you guys know about them, and uh, just get the word out. So this will be a little pure steel-focused music discovery. And the first band up is Soul Healer. I believe I played them as a track of the week once before, and they have just put out their new album. It is called Bear the Cross. It came out on October 17th. It's actually their fourth album. They had uh, Dreamcatcher, which was an EP. Kings of Bullet Alley was in 2011. And then, of course, they had Chasing the Dream uh, in uh, 2013, in last year. I think that's the one I played a track of the week off of. But they are back again with Bear the Cross. And uh, 10 tracks, about 43 minutes, classic heavy metal kind of time frame right there. It's pretty much the same normal kind of soul healer stuff. They kind of take from Stradivarius and Halloween, a little bit of Accept thrown in. I even hear a little bit of Striper in this one as well, but uh, mostly just kind of that German power metal, melodic heavy metal kind of a thing. And of course, as usual with all the Soul Healer albums, 
killer, killer album art by Timo Wurtz. You hear that about that guy everywhere. And he did this cover. I believe he did the one on Chasing the Dream as well. It looks very similar. So let's go ahead and get right into this one. If you like this, you can head up to soulhealermusic.com, also facebook.com slash soulhealermusic. They're on Twitter at soulhealermusic, and also they're on Reverb Nation and MySpace. But Right now, they're on Focus on Metal, going to play you a track called Revealed. Soul Healer from their new one, Bear the Cross, with the track revealed. And again, that one is out on Pure Legend Records. And we got another one from Pure Legend. And holy crap, I really think you guys are going to like this one. The band is called We Are Legend. They are from Germany. And this is their first full-length record. It is called Rise of the Legend. They did an EP in 2012 called We Are Legend. But this is their first full-length one. This one just dropped on November 8th. Like I said, I think you guys are going to absolutely love this band. These guys are the four-time winners of the German Rock and Pop Award. So they are well respected in the home country of Germany and hopefully the rest of the world is going to catch on to We Are Legend and of course we at Focus on Metal are going to try to make that happen. This is great prog slash power metal. Vocals are amazing. Everything is in place here. 
Great sound, drums, bass, everything sounds awesome. Marcus Teske is the guy who actually did all of the production on this one. And of course, when you hear this one and you're digging it and you want to find out more about We Are Legend, you can head up to wearelegend.de. And that is all one word, We Are Legend. You can also hit him up on Facebook at We Are Legend Official. And if you do that, be sure to let him know you heard him here first on Focus on Metal. Enough talking. Let's get into it. From the new one from We Are Legend, the album's called Rise of the Legend, and the track I'm playing for you is called Enemy Within. Rise 
There you go, a little We Are Legend. Hopefully you guys are as enthused about those guys as I am. So I think we got time to slip in one more band from the Pure Steel roster. The band is called Blood and Iron, and they put a brand new one out in September. It is called Voices of Eternity. And uh, what's the deal with this band? Well, they are from India. And of course, now you're thinking, how are these going to sound? But I got to tell you right now, if I didn't tell you these guys were from India, you wouldn't even know it. I mean, these guys, they are living, breathing metalheads. Just amazing kick-ass stuff. You got double bass going. You got killer riffs going. Vocals are just insanely crystal clear vocals. And I I think, you know, people talk about comparing these guys to uh, a lot of different classic, you know, U.S. metal bands. And and I got to say that a lot of this stuff reminds me a lot of early, early Queensryche type stuff, especially the track that I'm going to play for you. It's called Underground Rebellion. And this one, I think, could have come right off of The Warning or even Operation Mindcrime. Just killer album. And this one here, nine tracks, about 50 minutes. You know, I always talk about that nine to 10 tracks at about 45 minutes. So this one definitely fits it. And I think you guys are going to really like this one. If you do, you can look them up at bloodandiron.in. And that's all one word, blood and iron. Of course, you can also hit them up at Facebook, facebook.com slash X. And of course, if you do do that, let them know you heard about them right here on Focus on Metal. So from Pure Steel Records, the band's called Blood and Iron, new album called Voices of Eternity, and this one is Underground Rebellion.
right, that's a wrap for our little bit of Pure Steel Music Discovery. Hope you liked all of those bands. And if you did, like I said, hit them up at the websites I quoted, but you can also head up to puresteel-shop.com and you can check out all of the great Pure Steel record releases all right there, all one spot. Have them send them right to your door. So that is a wrap for this week. As a reminder, support Raven. Go up to Kickstarter and check out the campaign to fund the brand new Raven album Extermination. Also, as a reminder, if you haven't done so already, go to Indiegogo and look up Bill Hale. We had him on last week talking about his third book on thrash metal, the global metal movement. You want to help him get that book into everybody's hot little hands. Go up to Indiegogo, look up Bill Hale, thrash. You'll see the links there and uh, help support Bill Hale get that book out there. And of course, as you're hearing this one, Bob Nelbandian's great movie Inside Metal is hitting theaters all over the U.S. Head up to MetalRockFilms.com. Check out movie times, dates, cities everywhere. It's playing all over the place here in November for Metal Month. You guys definitely want to turn out for that one here in the U.S. For those listeners all over the rest of the world, not right sure what Bob has got planned for you guys, but I'm sure he's thinking about everyone else in Europe, in Asia, you guys down in Australia. I'm sure he hasn't forgotten about you either. And it's just a matter of uh, working hard, trying to get that into theaters all over the world. So that wraps up week number two of Metal Month here on Focus on Metal. You can keep up with us online at our main website, focusonmetal.net. That will give you the links to everything else. But of course, you can also go over to focusonmetal.blogspot.com and uh, twitter.com slash focusonmetal. And we're on Facebook as well. So thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week. Scott Thompson, for myself, for Richie, for everybody else here on Focus on Metal. Continue to have yourselves a great metal month. And until we talk to you again, remember... Focus on Metal! Everything else is insignificant. Still here? It's over. Go home.